0: Chapter 5 Gauging Guerrilla Engagement The Unexpected Benefits of the Academic Archers Conference by Carenza Lewis. Introduction The Birth of Academic Archers. In 2021, Academic Archers celebrated its half-decadal anniversary. This, of course, makes it a mere babe in arms compared to the venerable BBC radio series from which it draws its inspiration. Nonetheless, this is a major achievement for an idea conceived in Twitter chat and birthed by Drs Skara Courage and Nicola Headlam in the unprepossessing seminar room of an overlooked corner of Finsbury Square in February 2016. There was then no avowed intention to make academic archers an annual event, but the 2016 meeting was wildly oversubscribed, massively popular with attendees, and attracted a blizzard of pleas for a successor. As a consequence, in 2017, a bigger second conference was held over two days at the University of Lincoln, the location being justified by it being in a county with a controversial link to the origins of the archers, as revealed by Griffin, writing in 2013. This second conference established Academic Archers as a series, which over the last five years has gone from strength to strength under the inspirational, humorous and kindly leadership of Cara and Nick. The 2017 Academic Archers Conference and Public Engagement with Research. Lincoln Conference attendees in 2017 will know that formal feedback was superfluous to confirming that the success of Academic Archers was not a one-off. No one present will forget the buzz so loud during tea breaks that some even complained. The joyful fun, and the fascination of academic topics ranging from dietetics, uh, the health benefits of Jill Archer's Lemon Drizzle Cake, discussed by Michael in the Academic Archer's publication of 2017, Uh, via forensic science, a blood spatter analysis of Helen Archer's stabbing of Rob Titchener, discussed by O'Connor in that same 2017 publication, to musicology, dissecting the soundtrack of the climax of that same big story, of the arches, 2016 to 2017, discussed by Baker and Jarman, again in that same 2017 publication. But I, as host of the Lincoln Conference, and more pertinently, Professor for Public Engagement with Research, was interested in the impact on members of the public of engaging with interdisciplinary academic research in this way. And so I was keen to collect some formal feedback. For those not in the know, public engagement with research really is a thing. Concerned with enabling members of the public to find out about, learn from, benefit from, and contribute to university research. This has been a priority since a 1985 Royal Society report recognised that, quote, people need some understanding of science, whether they are involved in decision-making at a national or local level, in managing industrial companies, in skilled or semi-skilled employment, in voting as private citizens or in making a wide range of personal decisions, discussed by Bodmer in 1985. The word science is now generally placed by research as public engagement encompasses knowledge beyond STEM, that's science, technology, engineering and maths subjects, But it is now more of a priority than ever in an age of widespread misinformation and mistrust of experts. Between the first and second academic archers conferences, the experts issue had been brought vividly to particular prominence by the Brexit campaign in the United Kingdom. Currently, the most obvious dangers of both misinformation and mistrust of experts are in COVID-19 denial and vaccine refusal. Sadly, they also stalked society and politics much more widely. COVID-19 did not, as far as we know, exist in 2017, but I knew the formal feedback data from the Lincoln Conference would help us understand how effective the conference was as a means of public engagement and allow me to show the university, if asked, that this still rather unconventional approach to academic outreach was a good thing academic archers in a time of covid-19 four years later of course the world had been utterly upended by the covid-19 pandemic while ambridge was as ever mysteriously unaffected by the virus the archers had barely survived the enforced transition from initially pretending nothing was happening by broadcasting pre-recorded episodes typified as usual but the sort of face-to-face popping-in encounters on which plot advancement relies, but which had overnight become illegal throughout the rest of the United Kingdom, uh, to living in the past by broadcasting highlights from earlier years, to dully depressing monologues voiced by actors under the double cosh of both lockdown and their duvets to eliminate background noise. The sense that the Archer's production was unsteadily moving through the seven stages of grief was made all the more bizarre by the Omerta around any mention of the C-word, COVID obviously, in broadcast output. Throughout the United Kingdom's 2020-21 lockdown hokey-cokey pandemic response, in, out, in, out, Cara and Nick rose brilliantly to its challenges, running a weekly series of Saturday Omnibus online get-togethers, as we all got the hang of Zoom while wondering what had happened to Skype. This presented papers past and new. As the 2021 Academic Archers Conference approached, the United Kingdom was once again under lockdown. Faced with a choice between online or nothing, the decision was made to go ahead online. My paper paper proposed to compare the impacts of the 2017 and 2021 conferences, combining my practical experience of public engagement and my own current research into well-being in heritage contexts. I'm essentially an archaeologist, and my paper in 2022 has looked at the relationship between heritage and well-being. Well-being. Mental well-being is defined as, quote, feeling good and functioning well, by Aked et al, writing in 2008. And well-being has been recognised for decades as a vital part of health. As early as 1948, The founding principles of the World Health Organization stated that, quote, health is a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity, end quote. While in 2015, the third of the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals was to, quote, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being in all, at all ages, end quote. Strategies for supporting well-being have been based on extensive research although measuring their impact has remained more difficult. In 2008 a landmark report by Aked et al. identified five key measures of good personal well-being which in 2021 are still the foundation of the NHS's five steps to well-being. These are connect with others, be physically active, keep learning, give to others, and practice mindfulness. However, in spite of much effort and voiced concern about public health, in 2020, a review into progress in England towards public health priorities by Marmot Hotel, while noticing that practical evidence about how while noting that, quote, practical evidence about how to reduce health inequalities has built significantly, end quote, concluded that the amount of time people in England spend in poor health had actually increased over the preceding decade. And even as Marmot's 2020 report was being published, the COVID-19 pandemic was further devastating for millions, not only on health, but also well-being, as the Local Government Association reported in 2021. With the mental health of almost 20% of the population of England, up to 10 million people, expected by O'Shea, writing in 2020, to be adversely affected. Collection and analysis of academic archers 2017 and 2021 impact data. Methods. In principle, to follow best practice, I wanted to ensure the same methods were used in 2021 as in 2017. Then we used paper feedback forms handed out as the conference ended, along with appropriate doses of emotional blackmail. Please complete your feedback survey before leaving. The questionnaires included 14 questions using five-point Likert scales, eight rating aspects of the conference overall, and six asking respondents to indicate the strength of their agreement or disagreement with a number of outcome statements. In addition, there were three free text questions asking what respondents had enjoyed not or not enjoyed about the conference and what impact it would have on them. This in-person method of data collection was not an option for the 2021 online conference when I had, of course, to use online surveys completed remotely. In using the SurveyMonkey platform, I also faced the limit of 10 questions. Analysing the 2017 responses enabled me to identify which questions generated the most useful data, and accordingly, I retained three of the demographic questions. That's are were you an academic? Were you one of the presenters? And how would you rate the conference overall? I retained all six impact questions and then combined the free text questions into one rather breathless portmanteau 10th question with no word limit. This question was, what did you enjoy slash not enjoy about the conference and what impact do you think it will have on you? thus ensure the greatest feasible similarity in methods used between 2017 and 2021. Feedback in both years produced both quantitative data, to which a numerical value could be given, and qualitative data, free text responses, enabling mixed methods analysis. Quantitative, numerical data were subject to simple statistical analysis comparing total and average responses to different questions with some pattern matching of cohorts to responses. Qualitative text data were coded to identify key concepts, i.e. what people were talking about, within the responses, with similar concepts grouped together to draw out main themes evident in what people had enjoyed or disliked the impact of using different data collection methods in 2017 and 2021. The difficulty of using different methods to collect data is that in-person paper-based forms and online digital surveys confer different advantages and disadvantages. One advantage of the online approach to data collection is that the data are immediately available in digital form, rendering analysis easier and quicker. A second advantage is that online methods reduce the risk of the responses being affected by social desirability bias. That's respondents giving the response they think the questionnaire wants because the forms are not completed in the presence of the questioner. A third advantage is that respondents have the advantage to take longer to think about their responses. On the other hand, one advantage of in-person data collection is higher return rates, as people may feel disinclined to refuse in an in-person situation. The different data sets may may thus be affected by different biases. The 2017 responses may be more affected by social desirability bias than those from 2021. Qualitative data from 2021 are likely to be more useful for inductive analysis using a grounded theory approach, which allows themes to emerge from the data rather than seeking to answer specific questions, as the wording in the combined question 10 in 2021 was less specific and the word count unlimited, given respondents more scope to express their thoughts freely than they could in a paper box. Given that I couldn't change the methods, there is little that could be done about this other than to be aware of the possible biases when considering influences. Results and discussion. 96 feedback reforms were returned in 2017 and 94 in 2021. These are both good-sized data sets, comparable in size, and in both sets represented around 90% plus of attendees. In both instances, more than 90% of questions were answered by all respondents. Qualitative data and analysis. Answering the what questions. The first couple of questions asked in both years aimed to find out what sort of people were attending. Gender data were not requested in either year, but in 2017 respondents could opt to give their names, which 90% did, 80% of which would conventionally be identified as female gendered. This came as little surprise given the observed relative lengths of the queues for the gents and ladies lose at break time. Riley commented on in several 2017 feedback responses. Three tables show answers to the questions. I was interested in knowing how effectively academic arch was reaching beyond academia, that is, how well it worked as public engagement. Responses in both years showed the proportion of people attending from outside academia to be very high. Table three. This indicates that the conference is extremely effective in attracting members from outside academia to hear what are, after all, academic papers. Notably, in in Table 3, we can see this proportion has actually increased from 78% to 85% between 2017 and 2021. The possibility that this is due to the more accessible and less intimidating mode of participation offered by the online format is given some support by the qualitative data, which I'll discuss later. In 2017, nearly all academics attending were presenters, but in 2021, as we can see in Table 3, 7% of academic respondents had not in fact presented papers. This is an encouraging sign that the differences motivating academics and non-academics to attend are reducing, well, to some extent. Any conference organiser is interested in attendees' overall satisfaction. That's the reassurance of the 9 out of 10 cats type validation. It's thus good to see in Table 3 that the conference is consistently rated very highly, with 99% rating it good or excellent in both years in Table 4 in spite of the 2017 loo queues, it's noticeable that the number top rating it as excellent drops from 90% in 2017 to 80% in 2021. This is in Table 4. This may be due to the reduced impact of confirmation bias or to the online format, which I discuss further below. There is, however, no trend in the 2021 data in which responses are time-stamped for the frequency of lower scores to change in later submitted responses, which might be expected if the passing of a post-conference cooling-off period was generating more sober verdicts. The buzz from academic archers seems to be enduring, not just over hours and days, but even over four years. Some possible reasons for this can be seen in the qualitative data discussed below. What I was most interested in, however, was what academic archers attendees were getting out of the conference. Questions four to nine provided some statistical data as respondents indicated how strongly they did or did not agree with a series of outcome statements. These are shown in table five. Ranking these in order of popularity shows a remarked similarity year on year. This means we can be very confident about what most people enjoy most about academic archers. The two aspects consistently scoring top are, quote, learning something inspiring, interesting and or useful, end quote. That's question four. And, quote, hearing about research outside my area, end quote. That's question five. In 2017, the opportunity to, quote, talk to people about the archers, end quote, scored equally highly but in 2021 this dropped with the number strongly agreeing this down from 74 to 66 percent this doubtless reflects the reduced opportunity for in-person chatting in the online format the same restriction is probably likewise the cause of fewer feeling that they had quote made useful new contacts end quote question nine down from 56 percent to just 28 percent in 2021. In contrast, however, in 2021, the number saying they had, quote, got some new ideas from the conference, end quote, that's question seven, actually increased slightly compared to 2017, bucking the trend in which most other responses were lower. Appreciation of being able to engage with interesting ideas is a strong theme in the qualitative data discussed later on, with several respondents referencing the conference as a welcome antidote to lockdown boredom. This may help explain this, or perhaps people were just able to concentrate better at home without having to worry about the loo cues. Qualitative data and analysis. Exploring the why questions. Free text responses were submitted by 94 respondents in 2017 and 90 in 2021, with a total word count of the digitised answers to question 10 in 2021 coming to 5,300 including some lengthy answers of more than 300 words. This is a rich resource. Coding the responses from the free text questions elicited five overarching themes in respondents' feelings about their academic archers' conference experience. These can each be summarised in a single word as happiness, learning, connection, caring and escapism. I'll now describe each of these themes in turn, using anonymised quotes from 2021 feedback to show what each theme is about. The first theme was that respondents felt happy when experiencing something fun, uplifting, exuberant and joyful. This was a very strong theme, the happiness one, with many respondents echoing sentiments such as, quote, I loved the cheery atmosphere and all the fun. It really made me feel better," End quote. quote." "I'm extremely glad it happened. I love the papers and the chat. A joy, as always." End quote. quote." "I loved all of it. The rigorous intellectual and humorous focus are one of my greatest interests. I enjoyed the sheer joy of it all End quote. Overall, "loved was the most commonly used emotive word in feedback. This was in spite of, in many cases indeed because of, many presentations were very hard-hitting, as several respondents explicitly acknowledged, quote, very serious topics intermingled with great fun and banter, end quote. Fun was the key word under this theme, which had no negative associations. The second theme was that respondents were informed and inspired by learning about content which engaged interest and opened up new horizons. This learning theme is strongly associated in academic archers with theme one, the happiness and fun concepts. This is in spite of fun and learning not always being closely associated in other areas of life. Quote, I love the enthusiasm and joy about discussing and learning, end quote. Many wanted to follow up what they'd heard. Quote, I want to learn more about precarity, Aristotle's views on friendship and higher, end quote. Several saw real world connections and even applications for their academic archers learning. Quote, I work in housing and care for older people. Enjoy the way the archers develops issues of ageing and housing, end quote. Quote, there's quite a few issues on the building supply chain, class, livable lives and higher F I'll be using in my own research on domestic interiors, end quote. Quote, thought-provoking stuff. I'm leader of our town council this year. I'm going to take forward some of the social justice slash modern slavery slash deadline to the breadline. Quote, ideas. Thought-provoking was the key word under this theme. We think one of the most frequently used words overall. Again, there were no negative associations in this theme. Third theme was that respondents felt a sense of connection and belonging from the camaraderie and being with like minded people. This connection theme was evident in both established and new attendees. In old hands, quote, the extraordinary thing about the conference is the sense of belonging to a community of like-minded people end quote. Quote, "Being back with my tribe is brilliant. I know where I belong." End quote. quote "It's great to be among my people again. End quote. But it was also evident newcomers quote, "Thanks to everyone and for making a newbie feel so welcome end quote. Quote, "The feeling of belonging, although this is my conference. Plus, 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 just great, end quote. Respondents also appreciated extending their networks to people they would not otherwise have met. Quote, I always meet people I would otherwise never cross paths with, which is what makes it so joyful, end quote. Less positively, one respondent felt the conference was cliquey. Quote, I find the approach very cliquey. As a new and younger member of Academic Archers, I don't feel in on the jokes and like it isn't really a place for me, End quote. But another respondent did not see this overall as a negative, quote, loved it all. I do think it is a clique, but not cynically so. It's just inevitable in a grouping that's so large and has developed in the way Academic Archers has. I must, stretch, I must stress, I don't think it is in any way locked to outsiders. It's obvious that new people are always welcome, so I'm not dispirited by it. It'll just take time. End quote. Many more respondents, including newcomers, explicitly did not feel it was cliquey. Quote, it seemed very cliquey, so I was put off joining conference until the last minute. Once I started listening to the papers, I was really pleased I was there. End quote. Quote, this is my first conference and I've only been a member of the Facebook group for a short time. A couple of people have mentioned a clique. All I see is people who have made friends, are pleased to see each other and are enjoying themselves end quote. Quote, first timer felt amongst friends, end quote. Interestingly, the merchandise and interval cakes posted to attendees were not only popular, but also made people feel welcomed. Quote, enjoyed dot 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 receiving the cakes and merch beforehand. It made me feel more engaging than people wanted me there, end quote. Note to organisers, cake equals good. (laughs) Jill Archer would doubtless agree. The fourth theme was that respondents felt they had opportunities for personal growth nurtured by a safe, caring, nurturing, inclusive environment, which increased empathy and changed perception of self and others. This caring theme emerged somewhat unexpectedly during coding and was particularly heartfelt. People valued, quote, the focus on social justice and ethics, end quote, and, quote, being made to think about what was going on in society, end quote, being particularly struck by, quote, presentations about blind listeners, end quote, quote, the notion of some people being more grievable than others, end quote. And, of course, the horses, modern slaves working for Philip Moss storyline, Quote, my favourite talk was Dr Nicola Headlam's piece on modern slavery. It led to a thoroughly interesting conversation about an important, albeit distressing, subject, end quote. Several respondents commented on the impact papers had on their empathy towards others. Quote, Meg did a good job of altering my perspective as Shula. I came away feeling very judgmental. Time to give Shula a break. Brackets, never thought I'd say that, end brackets. Also thinking, if Shula was a male, would I be so hard on her, end quote. This empathy shift has been a feature of earlier academic archers conferences, as another respondent remembered from 2017. Quote, I often think more on subjects in a different way and also give characters I love to hate more a leeway than I would otherwise, end quote. Many commented on the kindness, generosity and inclusivity of the conference spirit. Quote, there's undying patience when things go awry with technology, end quote, and its personal impact. Quote, I've always been a lurker on the various Archer's social media accounts, but I might try to get more involved in future, end quote. Quote, I enjoy being included just like everyone else. I realized that I put myself down because I only have BA fine art. I'm slowly getting there that I'm not as thick as I thought I was. The conference is helping me there." Summarizing, one respondent commented, quote, "The impact this conference has had on me is difficult to put into words, but I suppose it can be summed up simply by saying that the feeling of being part of such a fantastic community of archers, listeners is very moving." End quote. Interestingly, responses associated with this theme only appear in feedback completed after the end of the Saturday afternoon session, on our most frequent from Sunday afternoon onwards, suggesting they were the product of particularly considered thought. The fifth theme was that respondents were grateful for the accessible diversion and escapism offered from difficult times and the opportunity for a good online experience. Several respondents valued the, quote, escape from my normal day-to-day, end quote, which, quote, took me away from the weekend, much needed, end quote, or offered, quote, brief escapism, end quote. Several mentioned lockdown specifically, quote, a day's escape from a lockdown home, end quote, quote, it's really brightened my dull lockdown weekend, end quote. Although this latter respondent echoed the views of many in adding, quote, But it's just not the same as in real life. For me, being with other people to react, to interact, is a big part of the conference. It's categorically better than not having it at all. End quote. Other respondents, however, actually preferred the online format as it removed hurdles that would otherwise have prevented them from attending. Some of these were logistical. Quote, I couldn't have been there in person due to other commitments, end quote. Quote, nor have I been able to attend in person as I live in the United States, end quote. Others were grateful to be relieved of the intimidating prospect of attending an unfamiliar event in person. Quote, first time for me and having it via Zoom was a bonus as it gave the ability to escape, should it not be for me, end quote. One other bonus of online participation, which many people made use of, whether or not they noted it in feedback, was being able to, quote, listen and talk slash text at the same time, end quote. (laughs) The The 2021 conference chat probably merits an analysis all of its own, in fact. Many respondents echoed the sentiment that, quote, I've been to a number of academic conferences on Zoom during lockdown. This was, hands down, the most enjoying, the most engageable, the most engaging and enjoyable, end quote. While others valued the nudge it had given them to tackle online conferencing for the first time, quote, I enjoyed the presentations and the camaraderie, despite my problems with Zoom. I don't think I'd have braved it for any other meeting, end quote. Conclusion. What does all this mean? Several points emerge from the above analyses. The data show academic archers to be very effective as a means of engaging people beyond academia with academic research. This is evident in the high percentage of attendees not employed as academics, which is consistently well above 75%. And in the high impact the content has on attendees. The impact is shown in the level of engagement with and recall of the subject matter even years later. Some propose changing behaviour including attitudes in their own lives and some even propose to use their newly acquired knowledge or perspectives in their work or fulfilment of roles in civil society. Furthermore the online format conferred great benefits as well as being the source of huge frustration, albeit recognized as unavoidable in 2021. If academic archers can find a way to retain the benefits of both formats when in-person meetings become possible again, this will be a huge achievement. There are also important lessons here more generally for public engagement with research because academic archers is so effective in enabling people to engage very enthusiastically with complex ideas about which they have little or no previous knowledge. The key elements here are a very specific target, that's fans of the archers, and the element of surprise, no one is really expecting to learn, well, not the first time they attend at least. These elements are exactly those of guerrilla warfare, using the element of surprise to target a larger group in an unexpected place or way. This guerrilla concept has been extended to marketing by Levinson, writing in 2017, and education, Llewellyn Silver, writing in 2001. Academic Archers, I would suggest, is very effectively extending this to public engagement with research. Guerrilla engagement, perhaps. But Academic Archers does even more than that, because taking part in the conference is also associated with positive well-being. While I have not, of course, carried out a longitudinal before and after study, the themes in the coded feedback responses where positive feedback is associated with conference attending show academic archers supports well-being by offering attendees happiness, learning, connection, empathy and escapism. Those are those five overarching themes that I've just discussed in the qualitative section above. It may appear self-evident that these are conducive to to greater mental well-being, but we can confirm this by seeing how they match the five steps to well-being advocated by NHS England, discussed above. The importance of learning and connection is clearly evident in academic Archer's analyses, both rate high in quantitative analysis and emerge as themes one and two in the qualitative analysis These themes themes relate directly to NHS step one, connect with others, and step three, keep learning. NHS step five is to be mindful, to enjoy the moment, pay pay attention to your own feelings and to the world around you. In academic archers, experiencing happiness, that's theme one, and escapism, theme five, achieve this step. NHS step four is to give up, NHS step four is to give to others, which Nick, Cara and conference speakers certainly do. But beyond this, the NHS recommended quote, small acts of kindness, end quote, must surely include thinking more kindly about others, directly engendered by the increased empathy and tolerance characterising responses under academic archers theme four, caring. Only NHS step two, be physically active, might seem unachievable in an online conference where you don't even have to stand in the loo queue. But here, of course, Cara and Nick had it covered with the lunchtime chair yoga. So by attending the Academic Archers Conference, even online, delegates are therefore taking all five steps towards better mental well-being, whether they know it or not. So we conclude So we can conclude that. Much as we learned in Lincoln in 2017 how good Jill's lemon drizzle cake is for our health, in 2021 we have learned that attending academic archers is good for your mental well-being and all of us can surely benefit for that. Try it for yourself.